LSG Media presents a Game of Thrones podcast. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Dean, and joining me is the lovely Jessica. And together, we are going to be podcasting about the Game of Thrones television show. That's why you're here. That's what we've been doing. And we are eight episodes into this. uh, Hard Home. The name one word, Jessica told me when I was writing my notes. One word, Hard Home. That's true. Well, how you doing today, Jessica? Um, I'm happy because I was scared that like ap- episode eight last season, the character that I basically said would never die was going to die, aka Jon Snow, just like Oprah Martell. You were concerned for him, weren't you? I was, I was legitimately concerned. And when we get to it, I'll talk about it. But I was scared. There was a point where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to watch Jon Snow die. And I don't know how I'm going to react. Damn. I'm scared. Yeah. It's, uh, it was, it was pretty incredible. The last half hour of this episode is uh, some kind of television achievement, and we will certainly get to it. But what are your impressions overall on this episode? Um, I love this episode, and what's great about this episode is, you know, we got a little bit of Winterfell. We got a, a little bit of Winterfell. We got a huge reveal at Winterfell. Yes. Right? We get... Well, a reveal for a character, but not for us, Yeah, right? a huge reveal for a character at Winterfell. Um, we see Arya's becoming an assassin, which is cool. Uh, we see Cersei being basically beaten with a ladle, which is cool. And then we see Tyrion and Daenerys together, and you're like, wow, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, no, wait. Right. There's more. I literally forgot about everything that happened in the rest of the episode at the end. I'm like, well, so happened? did I. So did I. I was so enamored and awestruck by the White Walkers and the Army of the Dead that I was completely, completely devoid of any memory of anything awesome that happened. And plenty of awesome things happened. But, you know, if you would have told me in the middle of the Hound and Arya's romp, in the middle of their romp in season four, that in a few episodes, well, by, the, by, the, by almost the end of next season, that I would be kind of bored with Arya. Yeah, you'd be like, no. I, I would have been like, get the fuck out of here. No, I'm not. Because holy shit. It's not even that the whole like thing with the faceless god is is not compelling. It's cool, but it's so overshadowed in my opinion by hey, the intrigue else. at Winterfell and by the fact that Tyrion's arriving where Danny is. I mean, the whole Sons of the Harpy thing wasn't as cool as I thought it was going to be. I liked it, mm-hmm. but it's funny that in this episode particularly, I was like, I don't want to see anything going on with Arya now. Get back to the other stuff. What I think is interesting is that at 9.40 p.m. Eastern time, I thought that the greatest thing I would see in this season of Game <laughs> of Thrones was going to be Danny and Tyrion having that conversation. And then 10 minutes, five minutes later, I was proven so, so wrong. <laughs> Were you holding... So you thought that was going to be the greatest thing in this season, so you're, are you giving up on Theon's redemption arc? Oh, yeah, I'm done with Theon. <laughs> uh, I if hope Sansa just kills had... him while she's going through. Like, I hope she kills Ramsay and then kills Theon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get, like, a sweet tracking shot of Sansa as she runs through just Winterfell, killing just killing everybody. Right? <laughs> Ramsey dead. Be on you too. She learned that shit from Brother John. Oh, show. Yeah, I know. People getting smacked in the head with ladles. I was like, what is this, my grandmother? <laughs> Smacking people with ladles in the head? Is your grandmother that tall and did she wear that funny hat? No, not at all. Okay, just but she it. was probably as strong as that big scary lady. 
Yeah, that lady was pretty scary. Quick story about my grandmother. Sure. God rest her soul. She, when I was, this isn't even, this is embarrassing. When I was in like just going to eighth grade, she could still defeat me in arm wrestling. And I was pretty like wiry strong, but she was like country strong, like grew up on a farm strong and just boof, boof every time. Hands up, lock hands, whack into the kitchen table. And she like didn't let you in. She it took was just me like, years to reveal this fact because I felt pretty shitty about myself. Probably about should. It. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> not going to lie. So anyway, uh, yeah, probably could Unless kick your that. your grandma is like Brienne, you should probably be embarrassed. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe not so much. <laughs> But uh, all right, let's do this the way we always do it. By yeah, location. yeah, yeah, let's do it. No, um, yeah, let's do it. So where do you want to start? Well, not north of the wall. We can go there last. Yeah, obviously. Or, sure. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Doesn't matter. Let's start at Winterfell because it's the first thing on my notes. And by the way, every section with the exception of north of the wall marine on my notes is super short. I know. <laughs> because not a ton of stuff happened. No, but we have a lot of listener comments this week. Thank you guys for that. So we got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot of things to discuss as far as our listeners go and, and some things they may have brought up that we may or may not miss. That's why I try not to read them ahead of time. Um, only the really, really long ones do I go in and read ahead of time just to make sure there's you know stuff contributing to the actual <laughs> listener comment section. Just because there's so many listener comments now that sometimes we have to you know, edit you. Sorry. Yeah. Right. But I like how you backwards complimented yourself. You're like, because of the overwhelming <laughs> listener support, <laughs> I just found Bye. myself incapable of not trimming all of them. Wow. Whew. That was kind of awkward. Yeah. Super awkward. Not as awkward as this. Fornication. Oh my. Fornication. Oh my. Fornication. Oh my. This. Fornication, oh my. Fornication, oh my. Fornication, oh my. Confess. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's going to go into a Game of Thrones mix that I want to make, kind of. <laughs> that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm sorry. It was pretty good, right? Wow, holy was shit. Was it as good as the Jano Slint breakdown we did? No. You, <laughs> he's like, you bastard. I'm afraid. You bastard. I beg for mercy. Stick your orders up your ass. Don't kill me. That one was pretty good, too. So... Let us go to Winterfell. Let's. And let's get right to the reveal. Go ahead. So, you know, Theon's like, oh, I'm not Theon anymore. I can't escape. Master chopped off my bits. And like Sansa's like, yeah, fuck you. I would do the same, you douchebag. And then um, he talks about the bad things he did. He says, I turned on Rob. I captured Winterfell. I killed those boys. And Sansa gets pissed because she's like, how dare you? Those weren't those boys. Those are Bran and Rickon. Those were your brothers and Sansa's mm. getting mad he's like no he's like but I can't tell you unless the master lets me but he finally reveals that he did not kill Bran and Rickon that they're still alive which is huge news for Sansa so two episodes in a row Sansa's gotten big news about her family she found out that John was a commander of Winter uh, Winterfell <laughs> that'd be awesome of the wall and that Bran and Rickon are alive Yes. So she's got more family than she thought, which I think is a really big deal. Right. Which may, I think the Sansa character upon getting this information may suddenly feel that all hope is not lost and that she may have, um, she may now cool her jets a minute, play her cards, try to be smart and figure out a smart way to go about getting out of there instead of just jumping right. over the wall and running for it. I agree. I think this changes. And again, two bits of information in a row, but you put those things together. Hey, three of your brothers who, as far as you knew, were dead are alive. One right. half brother, albeit, but still 
this changes things. She thought she was alone and had no family. Now she has family left. Even if she doesn't know where they are, even if she doesn't know she'll ever get to them, that that makes a difference. You know what's funny about Game of Thrones? What? <laughs> We're sitting here like, whew, thank God those poor innocent farmer kids were the ones slaughtered and burned alive and not Brennan Rickon. I know, right? Fuck those guys. <laughs> Shen's just like, oh, sweet, my brothers are alive. And, and the audience is like, but what about the farmer's kids who yeah, are we don't, dead? I mean, you know, people die all the time. Just ask Ollie. He knows all about that shit. Probably a welcome relief for tilling the fields the rest of your life. Yeah, they're like, Toiling in the fucking... God. Dirty, dirty, grimy. I didn't want to be a farmer anyway. <laughs> Take me out of the dirt, my lord. Well, so yeah, big reveals. And um, what's Sansa's next move? I mean, what is she going to do? Kill Ramsay? I hope she does. But it sounds like Ramsay's going to go get himself killed. Oh, for sure. Because I was just gonna um, well. what is he thinking? What the fuck is he thinking? I do don't really know. Let's have a listen. A smart commander does not abandon a defensive advantage. As long as we stay behind these walls, they can't touch us. Not to mention that the snow is so deep we couldn't get an army through to engage them even if we wanted to. I don't need an army. I need 20 good men. Okay. Well, aren't you just a cocky motherfucker? So, he's gonna get a raiding party by the sound of things. Well, it sounds like the Game of Thrones board game. Yep, he's going to take a, ro- a raiding party, okay. and uh, he's going to stop your ability to support on your next <laughs> turn. No, I think what he's going to do is I think he's going to try to engage the the commander's area, wherever Stannis and his guys are. He's going to try to get at them with some kind of stealth ploy and and try to kill Stannis and fucking... I mean... I can I understand the idea. Give me twenty guys. I sneak over. I engage Stannis and in, in all of his generals, as it were. And if I die, we, no one likes me. We slaughter all them, and then the Stan, Stannis's army is like, "Fuck this, we're going home." Like we're not, we don't really want to be here anyway because the snow blows. Stannis is pushing them to the limit. Mm-hmm. They're in terrible weather. Everything Roose says makes sense. Yes, and. Roos has been, you know, smart about how he's going to hold Winterfell. He's like, yeah. fuck them. They're going to be in giant snow drifts. They're not going to be able to even get here. Their horses can't jump over walls, we have, guys. We have, right, we have enough food to last them out. You know, it's not like traditional, like, medieval warfare where they're like, okay, we're going to encircle their castle. We're going to starve them out. They're going to run out of food. And then they're going to have to sally forth. They're going to have to fight us on the field. In this case, the weather is 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 the ally for Roos. And mm-hmm. he's like, let's use it in our walls. Fuck them. That's what Ned probably did. That's probably what you do when you have the North. You don't, yeah. What else are they going to do, right? I don't know. Especially based on my enormous lack of confidence in Stannis' army at this point. I was like, wow, Roos' plan, pretty solid. Yeah, And totally I've solid. said before, well, I've said it, I've started saying it last week based on everyone's, every, like the incredible sulk, I don't know, I was walking around Stannis' camp is that I've lost confidence in his ability to win this fight. And after I heard what Roos said, I was like, yeah, it's a good call. And then when Ramsey said this, I'm like, well, at least I know Ramsey will die. Because yeah. what's he going to do? Um, now I have confidence in Stannis again. If this is who he's going to have to fight, it's Ramsey and 20 dudes. Yeah, but that's only 20 dudes of all of Roos's men. Yeah, but they're supposed to be Roos's best fighters. Maybe. Stannis will slaughter those bastards, including Ramsey. Bye, Ramsey. I don't even understand logistically. I'd have, see, this is where my visual thinking comes into play. Like, I need to look at a map and see where the armies are, where the castles are, where the rivers are, where the roads are, where the hills are. 
kind of like I'm playing the goddamn board game. Yeah, I was going to say, just and take I need out the board look game. And say, okay, where are Stannis' guys? How are these 20 guys going to get there? How are they going to infiltrate? How are they going to get close? They're not know. just going to attack 20 random soldiers. That's not going to do anything. It's not going to cause all of Stannis' army to, to fucking head for the hills, you know? All I know is that next time I play the board game, I'm going to try the Bolton move and see if it works. Yeah. I guess we're, uh, we're going to find out soon. We're supposed to play that this weekend. So maybe, we, maybe you can try that and then I'll crush you. And I'll let you all know how my uh, house does. I'm sure people will be dying to know. Yeah, they're typically pretty damn good. So, you know what's funny about that game? Everything. Quick side tangent. That game, the people, if you play the House Stark, the, your bannermen are the Boltons because it's pre-betrayal. And like, it's pretty funny to think about. To think back like, yeah, Roos used to be a bannerman of Ned Stark and here he is in his fucking castle. It's pretty fucked up. Bastard. I hate that man. I want to punch him in the face. So that's what's going on at Winterfell. Not much. Nope. But, you know, like I said, we got a reveal and we know what Ramsey's plan is now. Important right. stuff going on. Right. I'm okay with this. Right. Some more setup. Let us move on. Let us move on. Where should we take our dandy little podcasting party now? Where should we tra- travel to? Do you want to go to Bravos to another Stark sibling? Why don't we go across the narrow sea and see what's going on with Arya? Certainly. Arya's selling oysters and got her hair in a cute little bun. She's practicing her lies. And she's, she's doing something. She's going to, um, I think, I think she's becoming an assassin. Okay. I'm pretty sure she's going to assassinate that man. Um, he's called the gambler and the thin man and whatever else Jock and Hagar wants to call him. Apparently he's got a lot of names. Do me a favor. Explain the gamble. Explain what the, because if you watch it once, yep. you're like, what, wait, what? This guy maps and, and his family and payment. Take us through it step by step. So the okay. thin man and the, I'm going to play dumb. The thin man and the gambler are the same man. Yeah, it's that man. It's that okay. dude who wants to buy some, buy some oysters with vinegar. Okay. Ew. By the way, for worrying about having, for, for, for being so concerned with nobody having names, this Jackham cat's giving people five names and confusing the shit out of me. He needs to relax with that. He Jesus. Needs to relax, bro. So this is what I got. The first time I had no freaking clue and it kind of, Listen closely the second time when he was explaining it. And this is the best I can do. So this rando dude, a.k.a. the gambler, a.k.a. the thin man, makes bets with sailors about whether or not they're going to reach their destination. So basically he bets with somebody. So you're a sailor and you're going out. I'm the gambler, the thin man. And I come up to you and I say, I want to take your bet. So what the bet is, is that if you go out on the sea and you reach your destination, I win. Okay. So you live, I win. You pay me. How, do if, I, how am I insured that? So if I die, who gets so the money? If you die, your family gets the money. So this is essentially for the people who make this bet. You're like, why the fuck would somebody make this bet? I'm going to tell you. It's like a life insurance policy. So if this guy goes out and dies at the sea and he can't support his family anymore, he made this bet with a gambler who was supposed to pay out the money to the family. I but the see. problem is, is that when these freaking ladies, and you know women have no rights and they basically suck at life. So I'm joking, by the way. I like women. I am one. You, P.S., you really like women this episode. Yeah, I know. We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> just saying, kind of like one a lot makes me a little uncomfortable. We'll get there. We'll get there. So anyways, so when the family comes to collect the money, he's like, you're a freaking woman with some children. I'm not going to give you this money. So Jock and Hagar doesn't like that shit. And he's like, so who's going to take care of So the comes back thinking that this gambler slash thin man is going to have a conscience all of a sudden? Is yeah, that- he's like, listen, I need money to support my family. I shouldn't have made this bet. Like... And the guy's like, sorry, you lose. 
Gotcha. So this is a really fucked up life insurance gig. That's the best. And and I, I'm getting this totally from Jock and Hagar's um, explanation, not from any of the stuff where I was right. actually seeing the gambler because that confused me more. But based on what Jock and said, right. that is what is going on. Right. Okay. And he is like the many face God or like, you know, talks to him or something and kind of is important. So I see. So the only thing we know is, is that this probably doesn't matter in this grand scheme of two episodes being left, this gambler sailor thing. No, I think it matters that Ari is on her path to become an assassin. Okay. For the many face God. Okay. I think that's the point here. I think okay. her ultimate goal is to get to know him better than she knows herself and then basically kill him. Yeah. He used the words, Lana will watch the gambler. Who's Lana? That's Lana. the character that Arya made okay, up that is gotcha. selling the oysters. Okay, perfect. Jesus, so, Dean, get with it. Hey, I'm trying to help out the people in the sheep seats. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I know all this. Come on. <laughs> I'm rock solid on this part. Seriously, guys, I didn't watch it five times trying to figure it out. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. Wow. But anyway, so she's going to then poison him. I, by the way, I like the close-up of the vinegar going over the oysters. Oh, of you course. Know that was on purpose. That's going to be. I thought she was going to kill him right then for a second. I'm like, holy shit, is this guy just going to be dead for no reason? Yeah, I did too, actually. But Not yet, though. So essentially what we have, to summarize Bravos, we have Arya's first contract, if you will. Yeah. Her first assassination contract is now available. Yeah, and that chick is like, hey, Arya's not ready. And Jack and Hagar is like, what if? Don't matter. Don't matter. It's Don't cool. matter. It's cool, yo. Now, is she going to kill Marin Trant? Because I have a feeling she's going to. Uh, for sure. I'm pretty sure that that's going to happen this season. And maybe that's going to be a problem in her, like, you know, assassin ways. Because she's killing somebody that the many face God didn't tell her to kill. So I definitely think that's going to happen. I hope it happens this season, but I might be asking for too much. I don't know. I mean, we got to see... It would be kind of a waste of a season if Arya spent her whole season at Bravos doing, doing all this cool Jacob Hagar shit, washing dead people, sweeping cool. the floor you like a fucking champ, really getting getting work in. I actually want to hire her to sweep my floor. And That's then weird. to have zero payoff for this, except for him to go, you are now an assassin, roll credits, you next season. It'd be cool if she, I got to believe Marin Trant's doomed. I hope so. Yeah. All right. Enough of Bravos. Well, hopefully the next two episodes are like two hours long, and then that would be fine. We definitely get in everything we need. Where to? We're fucking crack a lacking uh, today. Let's go to King's Landing. Fornication. Oh my. Fornication. Oh my. Fornication. Oh my. Confess. Fornication. Confess. Fornication. Confess. Fornication. Confess. Oh my. All right. That's amazing. I'm sorry. <laughs> to King's Landing. To King's Landing, we will go. So. The tall lady, kind of like the thin man. <laughs> <laughs> wants Cersei's confession. <laughs> but she ain't as tall as the tall man we're going to meet later, let me tell you. I love this shot in here. I like this. Uh, this 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 is really cool when we have a low angle shot of the sister looking down at Cersei. Cersei looking up at her in this top hey, down love light. love that shit. Looks like great. When it's filmed great. like that, so somebody's a lot higher than the other person. That's like Dean's favorite thing that happens. Yeah. It's usually how it's I really film excited. myself when I do dick pics to get a real good shadowy kind of add some length to it. You just Snapchat them to random people. Oh, yeah. Snapchat. Yep. So anyway, Cersei gets some smacks with a wooden spoon. Well, tell me what you think about this. Tell me what you feel about this. Tell me, give me your hopes and dreams for I, Cersei. I appreciate Cersei, um, despite the fact that, you know, she's like freaking miserable and is drinking water off the floor. She's still like, hey, I'm going to kill you. I think about it all day. 
I'm totally going to kill you. Not going to confess. Like, she's still a freaking bitch. Like, you know what I mean? When she's talking to, you know, sister tall lady over there, which I appreciate from Cersei. I truly do. I can't wait for Cersei to kill these people, which is funny because I think Cersei deserves some of the ass that she's getting for sure. The way she's treated the Tyrells, the way she's treated her son, the way she's treated everyone. But just like I didn't want Theon Greyjoy to get his dick cut off by Ramsay for portraying the Starks, I kind of don't like seeing Cersei wallowing in this way. I kind of feel like... I feel like a Cersei death would be better orchestrated by Tyrion poisoning yeah. her or something. Do you know, Cersei I'm not can't saying die she. I know, no, I know. I'm just saying I don't. It this this is an. I don't. I'm not saying I don't like it writing wise, and I should specify because sometimes people get confused. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that I want. I can't wait for her to be done with these people. It's I can't. Sh- I can't wait for the High Sparrow and the Faith Militant to, to be ousted from King's Landing. This is just the irony of she, like yes, she says later, she made him and he turned on her. And that's the point in all of this. Like Cersei thought she was doing this smart, sneaky little thing and then it turned on her. And you know what's going to save Cersei? Do you know? What? The Franken Mountain. Holy shit. The mountain it's who is come. dead but still rides. I thought it was going to come today, but it didn't because a bunch of other shit happened. But it's totally going to happen. That is who is going to save Cersei and... Kill the High Sparrow. I don't know how, but he's coming. Do you think the High Sparrow will die this season? I fucking hope so, because I'm sick of his eyebrows on my TV screen. <laughs> They're pretty pretty intense. I'm sick of his bare feet. Like, you get mad all the time. <laughs> it really freaks me out. Like, wash your feet, sir. Put on some shoes. I love Kyburn's discussion with Cersei. He's like, "They're what did he say? They require less proof than the crown or something ridiculous. Yeah, he was basically, like, saying, like, um... The well, their their ways of doing trial aren't as good as our ways. They'll yeah. they'll throw you in jail the for actual, nothing. Like, yeah, the no the actual line was the faith doesn't adhere to the same standards for proof as the crown. Yeah, mm, typical. Sounds about right. And my phone made a noise. That's annoying. Let me fucking mute that son of a bitch. Um, he also gives uh, the list of Cersei's charges, which I'm a fan of. Um, fornication, treason, incest, and the murder of Robert the King. Fornication. Amongst other things. Amongst other things. Um, Because Lancel did know about all this shit because he's the one who basically killed Robert or had to do with that whole thing. Right. So. And we learn that Pycelle has summoned Kevin Lannister, who is now Hand of the King. Uncle Kev, what's up? I love that guy. Didn't want to see Cersei. Yeah. No interest. Would you want to see her if you were Uncle Kev? Let's be honest. Yeah, I guess not. Um, Tommen also can't see Cersei because... (laughs) <laughs> oh my. Uh, Tommen has locked himself into his room and is crying and starving himself and just hanging out with Sir Pounce. Wow. I don't know if all of those things are true. Um, the starving himself definitely locked his room, definitely. The crying and the Sir Pounce I added, but I feel like I'm right on the money with those. He locked himself away like a big baby. This just makes me think about, you know, you're growing up and you're like mad at your parents and you're like, ah, leave me alone. And you like slam your door shut to your room and your your dad's like, come down for dinner. And you're like, I'm not going to eat. And you like refuse to eat. And you like. Just- in this case, in this case, they're like knocking on the door. The King's guard are knocking on the bathroom door. Uh, my Lord, my, my. King Tommen. My Lord. Your porridge is getting cold. I ain't going out. That's not his accent. I'm not going out until the man without shoes is gone. That's what's going on, basically. I gotta tell you, though, Sir Pounce, most underutilized character of the season. Let's get more of him. And crickets. (laughs) Am I the only one? Oh, my. All right. 
So, yeah, locked himself away, but we do learn that the work continues. Yeah, and now Kyburn gives Cersei some advice. He tells her to confess, and Cersei's like, fuck no. But Kyburn must have some type of plan. I think his plan is to get her out of that fucking cell. And now there's been a lot of lead up to how things will go in Cersei's conversation where she basically asks the High Sparrow to explain everything that'll happen to Marjorie. Like if Marjorie confesses ahead of time, like what will happen, how will things go, and how does the trial work? And so everything has been explained. So we know exactly what's going to happen to Cersei because she asked all these questions. There's going to be a council of seven. The High Sparrow will be on them. It'll be like a trial. If they confess, they'll get the mother's mercy, whatever the fuck that means. But so we know what is to come. And so does Cersei because she literally just asked all these questions. And he's like, it's funny that you ask all that, Cersei, because now I'm going to arrest you. Right. So Kyburn's like, hey, take the mother's mercy and then we'll have Frankenmount and kill everybody. What is the mother's mercy? Are they just going to make her drink milk of the poppy till she's dead? No, I think that she'll live um, if she does that. If she confesses, they won't kill her. I wonder if that's you have to convert or something. I don't know. They need to get her to a place where the mountain can get at them. The Franken Mountain, which is going to be amazing. I can't wait. That guy's huge and he scares me. Well, what else is going on in King's Landing? That's about Nothing. it. Nothing. Cersei's right? just drinking water off the floor. That's it. That's all I got. Just water off the floor. Yeah, Jesus. It was cool to see Kyburn, though, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, it's. Kind of creeps me out. Yeah, but he's really Cersei's only ally. I mean, yeah, Cersei has got. Hey, Cersei, you have no friends. None. But Kevin Lannister, do you really think he's like not going to try to attempt saving her? Um, Uncle Kev was pretty pissed and disgusted with her the last time he saw her. Yeah, he was, but that was more of like a politicking, I'm mad at you in a professional sense than in a personal sense. Yeah, but then he hears like, oh, by the way, she killed King Robert and had sex with her brother and Tommen might be illegitimate. I'd be pretty pissed and might not talk to her. Gonna be honest. He also heard Sir Loras and Queen Marjorie are also being held. Does he not think something's going on crazy He's like, well, I know Loras is gay, so... What do you think Pycelle said to Kevin, though? Oh, come down. The Faith Militant are cleaning the house. It's great. He probably said, come here because there's fucking problems with these Faith Militants. So I think Kevin's coming under the pretense that there's a problem at King's Landing. Yeah, but... I don't know if I was Uncle Kev, I wouldn't be I too was, thrilled with Cersei either. Yeah, but if I'm Uncle Kev and my brother was Tywin Lannister and this is my niece and my family, I'm probably going to make a move as Lannisters have pretty tight family bonds. Yeah, hey! especially when oh my. especially when Tyrion is shooting his father on the shitter. And especially when brother and sister. Bonds. Fornication. So I don't know. But they are. They are pretty strong family bonds. Pretty fucked up boy. <laughs> you can say that again. Well, I think Kevin's probably going to get tired of the nonsense soon, but I don't think he's just going to go bonkers like he thinks Tommen should do. But I think with Tommen locked in his room and Kevin on the small council, Kevin's kind of running King's Lannister at the moment. King's Lannister? King's Lannister. That's quite the Freudian slip. King's Landing. So I'm looking forward to developments from Mr. Kevin Lannister. Me too. He's a cool dude, I guess, kind of. What'd you think of Cersei sucking water up off the floor? I was like, you bitch. <laughs> slurp it up, you dirty. Drink that dirty d- water. Slurp it. I was just like so grossed out because you know how I'm weird about water. I'm like, oh my God, that water's probably so gross. It probably came from a tap and now it's on the floor. Freaks me out. Did you say it came from a tap? Yeah, like and now tap it's on- water. Now it's on the floor. I get really freaked out about water. Well, in the city, the tap water is pretty bad. But there what do you are, think is in King's Landing? They don't have tap water in King's Landing, come to find out. In fact, it would probably be a step up 
Just saying. If they had a little faucet, a little little doohickey, they could just <laughs> twist and water would come out. You'd be the richest fucking person in King's Landing if you came up with that. Well, maybe I'll go there and I'll, we'll do just that. I almost said King's Lannister again. <laughs> you have problems. Uh, I do. You support the Lannisters and I cannot support that. I do not support the Lannisters. But I, support I do one of them. not. But I... The, my enemy of my enemy is my friend. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yes, that's true. Right, in this case. So the Lannisters are the enemy of your enemy? The Lannisters are just my enemy. No, the, the Faith Militant are the enemy of my enemy. So you like the Faith Militant? The enemy? <laughs> Shit, I'm stuck in a logical <laughs> paradox. I think what you're trying to say is that the Faith Militant are your enemy, and now that the Lannisters are the Faith Militant's enemy, they are by default your friend. Yes, that is correct. Thank you for clarifying that. You're welcome. I'm glad somebody's on it's top It's a good thing I'm here. not writing out alliances in Westeros, because people they'd be scratching their heads. Wait, are we supposed to commit our troops now or in a fortnight? I got my alliance chart going right now. Well, where to? Um, we are cracking. Like, We're only 30 like minutes into this. It's going to be a short episode. Two seconds that happen at the wall, and then there's the two good scenes, like at the actual wall. What's going on with Ollie? All right. He's annoying, and I want to punch him in the face. I know he's a child. Wouldn't it be ironic? Shut the fuck up, Ollie. Wouldn't it be ironic if Ollie- Hills Jon Snow. The, the, he's the, totally gone. The one servant we want to do something in Theon isn't, and Ollie does- I know Ollie's not really a servant, What's but he Ollie kind of do? is. What's he going to do? I don't know. Something stupid. Okay, he's going to do nothing. This is exactly how I read this scene. Sam's like, hey, Gilly, remember we had sex? That was really cool. <laughs> oh, my. And she's like, yeah, Sam, I had sex all the time. And like, I raped me on a regular basis. So I'm actually awesome <laughs> since I finally had consensual sex. <laughs> anyway. I love how, by the way, I love how Sam's like, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Shall we talk about what happened? I'm feeling awfully strange. Sam's got an awful voice. Anyway, so I gotta continue my description of the scene. It's so no, short. Sam. It's pretty normal. After you had, after you had sex with her, you're like, "Fuck." Do you think Sam like cried? She's after, not as like- hot as I thought she no. was. <laughs> Do you think it's like you know how they're like, oh, like women have sex the first time, and then they like cry and are all emotional? Do you think that was like Sam? He was like crying. <laughs> Kelly's like, "Are you crying?" Sam? Is that what all women do? I don't think that's true. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> no, God, I've made too many sexist comments already tonight. Wow. Haters are gonna hate. Hate is gonna hate. All right. Um, Back to my story. Yeah. I'm telling a good story here. Go for it. So Ollie all comes in. He's like, hey, can I talk to you, Sam? And Sam's like, I guess. And Ollie's like, woe is me. The wildlings killed my family. All the wildlings are bad. He fucking cries forever. And Sam's like, um, Ollie, the wildlings are like a billion people. Not every single one is bad. Okay. There but the red beard would one led to attack on my village, my lord. And then Sam's like, yeah, but he's cool. So relax. And then Ollie's all like, ooh. And Sam's like, hey, it's cool. John's going to come back. Like, don't even worry, bro. And Ollie's like, yeah, I'm going to shoot John with an arrow, just like I shot his girlfriend with an arrow. Bye. That's what he's thinking. He's like, I'm going to murder that fucker. He's mad at John Snow. For real. If, I'm telling you. Well, I wish Sam would be like, will you quit your fucking bitching, you soppy cunt? You have a problem. With I wish he would today. say that to him. I wish he would. No, Sam's kind. It will never say that. Well, Ollie, you know what? Boo fucking who? Everybody's lost people, like Jon Snow said. I would call this a wasted scene. But I want to talk about what happened. Five more minutes could have been spent with Danny and Tyrion or with White Walkers. Did I hurt you? Was I too rough with you? Good Lord. Would you like to hold me? 
Um, yeah, Ollie is going to do something stupid for fucking sure. If Ollie kills Jon Snow, I will actually commit suicide. Ollie's going to be the one who lets Jon Snow and the other ones back into the gate when Alistair Thorne doesn't like an asshole. I bet Ollie's going to be Because that's like, going to happen. Oh, yeah, for fucking sure. Based on the fucking oh, coming soon. 100% that's going to happen. Him standing up on there on the wall and, and they're like, let us in, dickhead. And it's not even that. It's that in the scene with the um, north of the wall, there was foreshadowing to it too, where um, that the hot wildling chick is like, Listen, my children are on that boat. Do you promise me that they're going to be let in? And John's like, Yeah, I promise. Let's so, see. I call that foreshadowing. But seriously, do you want to talk about it? Not if you sound like not Sam. All right, where to? Let's go to Marine. And well, because we're going to go north of the wall last because it's the best part. I like to save the best for last. It makes me excited. Save the best for last. All right. Wow. Tyrion says a bunch of awesome shit, doesn't he? Basically, everything he says is awesome. I killed my mother. Joanna Lannister on the day I was born. I killed my father, Tywin Lannister, with a bolt to the heart. I am the greatest Lannister killer of our time. <laughs> Tyrion and Daenerys got to sit together. Well, first, they were in the throne room together. And let's talk about that scene with Jorah. Oh, my God. This was so amazing. Everything about... This is like my... For five seasons, I've dreamed of this. And the fact that it was overshadowed by something else should tell you something about the show and how right. amazing it is. Um I love Danny's emotions about Jorah being there. She's so hurt by him, but she cares for him still. And it's like this battle for her. Like she, she wants him dead because she's angry. But at the same time, you know, there is this emotional connection. He was her advisor for so long. She feels so betrayed by him. Um, but I like her conversations with Tyrion where she's like, well, why should you advise me? And Tyrion's like, Hold the phone, lady. It's too soon to know if you deserve my service. <laughs> and this is what I love about Tyrion is Tyrion is always Tyrion. But you know what? Danny appreciates that. You can tell right away that she is like smitten with Tyrion. Right, right away. You know she's not going to kill him. She immediately is just like, there's something about him. He's so charismatic. And he's such a great speaker, but he's so honest. And immediately Danny takes to him. And it's so clear. Do you know what? Do you know what Tyrion's so good at? And it's Everything. a skill set that you don't see very often in any of the characters. Tyrion's so good at being able to handle any type of social stratosphere he finds himself in. Very true. If you take Jamie and you see the way he deals with like the lower class people, he struggles because mm -hmm. he's so arrogant in 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 just like um I can't be bothered with this. And if you watch like Tyrion, he is, he's so good at mixing with the underbelly of society. Right. He could hang out in Flea Bottom. He can go find Shay. He can do these things. He can hang out with pirates and in whorehouses across the narrow sea. Mm -hmm. And he's just as easily at home talking as Hand me. of the King, mm -hmm. as talking to Daenerys Targaryen, the last Targaryen. This person who, for all intents and purposes, if you're from Westeros, is this a kind of almost mythic at this point. Yeah. All the Mother of all dragons. the lords he's spoken with. The shit he got himself into with Lissa Aaron and getting out of that and befriending Braun and dealing with his father and dealing with Varys and dealing with Littlefinger and dealing with Ned Stark and dealing with Cersei and dealing with everything. Like he's so good at maneuvering himself with his brain that it's just so fucking great to watch and he has a confidence to him that is so good and it's a self-assuredness that that is contagious. And like you said, yes. it causes Danny to want to and talk to him more, to want to 
she wants to keep talking to him. In fact, it was really cool when she kind of put him on the spot. Yeah, she says, advise me. What do you want? What, what should I do with him? It's a test and he passes with flying colors. This scene is so cool because if you observe it, not just in dialogue, but in the way they position the actors in the scene, as he starts to advise her, he starts walking towards he her. He gets closer to her and further away from Joris. Yes. It's a very deliberate kind of visual blocking here. As he moves closer, you start to almost feel that he's not going to outwardly say kill Jorah, but you start to feel like he's distancing himself from Jorah mm-hmm. quite literally in the throne room. Yes. As he starts to advise her about him. And I just thought that that was brilliant. And then he's like, he does love you. He's in love with you. Yes. Like, he already knows that is obvious. So Tyrion basically says that Jorah is devoted to her, and so she can't kill him. Right. Because somebody who kills a person that is devoted to them does not inspire devotion. Correct. But he also doesn't overlook that Jorah betrayed her. And he says, okay, you can't have him by your side. And I think what Tyrion does saves Jorah's life. I do too. It may be kind of like a slap in the face to Jorah, but really, in the long run, it was probably best for him. He should probably delete Danny's cell phone number from his contact list <laughs> and move the fuck on. He should for sure cancel his Facebook account. Yeah, that still just kinda... says, like, it's complicated <laughs> with Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> he definitely just needs to kind of submerge the vessel for a few, just dive, get down to about 600 feet By the way, he's also going to be a fucking stone man, so I don't know what he thinks is going to go just on there. Just hide but... for a while. Um, it's yeah. sad though. I feel bad for Jorah, man. I, I felt bad for him until the end. And then I was like, okay, you're crossing to stalker territory here, Jorah. And I'm a little scared. <laughs> like, yeah. Really what, scared. what is going on with this? So Jorah gets banished and he's like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm a stone man. Danny doesn't love me. Your grace. I drew many photos of you. Yeah. Then he goes back to his slaver and he's like, hey, um, I'll be your slave. Like, cause I want to. If you let me fight in the great fighting pit so Danny can see me fight. Jorah. Right. You were banished twice. It's time to cut your losses. Find a woman closer to your age, not a queen. Settle down. Have some fucking kids. Get a dog. Relax, dude. Relax. Like, now you're crossing into stalker territory. Like, hey, this woman broke up with me two times. Um, Basically said, hey, I got a restraining order against you. Peace out. Never come to my city again. And he's like, I now want to fight other men to the death just so she can see me do it. Are you fucking kidding me, Jorah? I was team Jorah this whole season, but now I'm getting a little freaked out. He is. Yeah. What is he doing? I want her to see me fight. Um, Why? So she's like, what the fuck is this guy going to kill me? Like, I don't understand. Jorah. Really? Come on, Jorah. Jorah, not woman. until I observed you murder dozens of men did I think that I could no longer trust you. But now that I've seen you bathe in the blood of other gladiators, I now know I can trust you. Jorah. <laughs> and you know I love Jorah. I'm not loving Jorah right now. Jorah's really going to chill the fuck out. He's going to die soon anyway. He's a stone man. He's going to turn to stone. Maybe in the middle of his fight. Get out of the fighting pit. I don't fucking know how this works. All I know is, if I was Danny... I would sleep with a guard at my door and I would turn on my alarm system and I'd have my fucking pepper spray just in case. Well, my flesh will turn to stone, my queen, but my heart already is. It'd be like <laughs> the episode of like Deep Space Nine where like Major Kira is like turning into stone and then Oda's like, no, but I love you. I don't know. That's what it made me think of. Poor Jorah. Poor Jorah. Um, sure. He is a losing. He's a sad sack for sure. He is. He is. He is like... He's really shooting high, 
He's a former slaver banished to Essos who's now trying to get close to a queen. By being a slave. By being a slave and fighting in the arena. He's like, but I read this in the romance novel. Oh, good Lord, Jorah. Can I make this a reality, my queen? No, is the answer. The answer is no. But I've got a piss yellow tunic. Oh, Jorah, it ain't going to do you no good. My he friend. needs to move on. For sure. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that Tyrion was playing it cool. He's probably, can you imagine like the parts that they don't show you, them hanging out, fucking roasting marshmallows? This marshmallow reminds me of her. Tyrion's like, like, oh, oh, for fuck's sake, not again. Will you get the fuck over it? Let me tell you the story. Here, I'm building a bridge for you to get over it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Tyrion's probably That bridge is the same color of her golden hair. God. Yeah, probably pretty sick of Jorah's bullshit. For sure. All right. When we when we transition over to Tyrion and the Queen later, yes. discussing things, discussing... The scene I've waited five seasons for is what I wrote, them having wine together. It's like my dream. And I they dream are discussing... Tyrion's pretty blunt with her, isn't he? Always. Why should I spend my time listening to you? Because you cannot build a better world on your own. You have no one at your side who understands the land you want to rule. The strengths and weaknesses of the houses that will either join or oppose you. I will have a very large army and very large dragons. Killing and politics aren't always the same thing. When I served as Hand of the King, I did quite well with the latter, considering the king in question preferred torturing animals to leading his people. I could do an even better job, advising a ruler worth the name. If that is indeed what you are. I'm, I'm ready to print the shirts. I'm ready to print, uh, you know, Queen Queen Daenerys for president, fucking VP for my main man, Tyrion. Yes. Oh, they have to have those. Let's get rolling. I'm, I'm in. No, I make mean, a million like, dollars on this idea. They have to have those shirts. Out they there. must. But I love this scene so much because, like you said, we've waited forever for it. And we finally get to see Tyrion in a position where <sighs> there's part of me that thinks... Tyrion's mind is twirling, and here's what Tyrion's actually thinking. I know what he says here. Here's what I think Tyrion's thinking. Oh, Daenerys, you silly little girl. You have no fucking idea how to play the Game of Thrones. You can't just get an army and squash people and have dragons. Like, it's, they do such a good job in this, in this, uh, in this scene, the actors and the way they direct it, to show us that... He's light years ahead of her in politicking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a very large army. He's like, <sighs> you know, like, it. that's not how it works. Yeah. You know, it's like when anyone would advise Robert Baratheon. <laughs> they were like, dude, you, you can't do it this way. So it's cool to see that because she's so formidable and she's grown up so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy and proud of where she has come from, you know, being sold to a fucking warlord. From by her own brother mm-hmm. who would touch her boobs. And now what a do she was. And now she is formidable. But we just see, as we've seen the whole season, the growing the issues, pains, yeah. the issues. And Tyrion is like, You have no idea. Yeah, he's like playing devil's advocate to her. He's like, Who's gonna support you? The common people, maybe the Tyrells, it's not enough. Right. Like you need more. And that's when she starts to that's when he starts to go through all the houses. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Maybe Lannisters no. Starks are gone thanks to your father and mine. Duh. Nobody's going to support you. Except maybe so, the Tyrells. Except maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and have you seen Mace Tyrell? Yeah, exactly. Have you seen him? No, he's in Bravos. She has other plans though, doesn't she? Lannister, Targaryen, Baratheon, Stark, Tyrell. 
They're all just spokes on a wheel. This one's on top, then that one's on top, and on and on it spins, crushing those on the ground. It's a beautiful dream. Stopping the wheel. You're not the first person who's ever dreamt it. I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. Damn. Queen Daenery, breaker of wheels and breaker of chains. I think that's a great monologue for her. I Me think too. it really kind of gives you the chills. And they they played the, that line about breaking the wheel and like the super tease before the season started, like the big preview of the season. At oh, the time, no shit. I was like, because I remembered it. When See, she, I remember Jorah in the fighting pit, and you yeah. remember this. Isn't I, that funny? I remember that quote so well from that big super tease at the beginning. And I remember the time I'm like, oh my God, like, this is like incredible. Like, when I heard it then, and I, and I felt the same way now. It's it's a great dream, and I'm excited to see where it freaking goes. Right. And it's funny because as much as I was just talking about how Tyrion's trying to advise her on all the things, on all the possibilities of all the things she must consider, I think her conviction in saying, I'm going to break the wheel, is a good thing for Tyrion to hear too. Because yes. Tyrion might be, based on his vast experience in the Game of Thrones, Tyrion might be... A little bit of a skeptic. Yes. Like he just said, many people have tried, but her saying it with the conviction she did, maybe he's going to be like, all right, cool. So maybe we can both be challenged by each other a little bit. And that's what I think is the key to this relationship really working is Tyrion being challenged by her and she being challenged by him because holy shit, could they do wonders together? Yes. And I think there's um, an importance in earlier, a little earlier in the scene, Tyrion talks about Varys and the things Varys did and in, and he's like, well, he spied on me and he wanted this. And Tyrion's like, yeah, Varys did what he had to do. But I also think that you're alive because of Varys. Like, I didn't want to live. And Varys convinced me that you might be worth living for. Right. That's like, awesome. Is he right? Right. And like, one, I'm glad we're talking about Varys because I miss him. Where are you, Varys? Come back to us. Mm. And two, I think that's important what Tyrion says is that he thought he had nothing to live for until Varys said, well, Maybe there's this. Right. This might be worth living for right. and fighting for. And that means a lot because he says he trusts Ferris. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a great point. And it's funny to think about when they're talking about, and she, I like how he doesn't say why he killed Tywin because it's very an emotional thing for him. Yeah, he says, Shay. I'll tell you later. I like that. I do like all that stuff too. But like you said, this that moment is super important because- when we think back on everyone that was killed, like when the mountain killed everybody and killed all those babies and her fucking dead siblings and the kids and, a lo- and, and all those people, like she was whisked away. She escaped mm-hmm. somehow, right? Yes. And maybe that's Varys' doing, like he suggested. Seems to think he said, it is. You, she, you may have been killed in your crib because that's what happened. When you read the everybody books, else, they yeah. were like, took babies and smashed them against walls. It's fucking gruesome, which is why nobody really loves the mountain. Yeah, no shit. So, yeah. Except for Cersei. She fucking loves that dude. <laughs> I'm going to love him too when he's slaughtering fucking Faith Militants. Undead Mountain That Rides. That's his new song. It's the best song I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Except he's going to have long flowing hair. He's going to be on like, like a white Fabio? horse. Yes. Good yes. Lord. The long haired mountain that rides. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is the most ridiculous thing that's happened to me all day. All right. So, yeah, this is fucking great. I can't wait to see what goes on from here. Um, I don't really understand the whole fighting pit thing, why we keep talking about it. Why? I mean, are, are, is somebody going to die? Is Jory going to die in the fighting pit? 
If so, it's pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. Going to be honest. I don't know. Going to be honest. Again, Jorah, I was so team Jorah for so long, but now I'm kind of sick of you. He kind of went off the deep end. Going to be honest. Went a little off the deep end. Sorry. There's a difference between like you love Danny and you're a stalker. You're a stalker now. Bye. The shape of this arena reminds me of her eyes. Yeah, I don't know. A fucking guy. <laughs> Even like the slave master is like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? I'm scared. Next next season, Jorah is played by Mark Wahlberg reprising his role from fear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's carving Danny's name in his stomach. <laughs> with the pen ink. Like, oh. Awesome. Yo, oh, Danny, I just beautiful. wanted to counsel you. You know, I thought we had something special, okay? Right. Trying to send a dragon head through the doggy door. Oh my god. <laughs> Spoiler alert if you haven't seen fear. <laughs> oh my god. Mark Wahlberg's my favorite. What the fuck? Of all time. All right. <laughs> do we have anything else to say, Emmerine? That's all I got. How do you top that? <laughs> I guess I guess you can't, other nope. than it was nope. pretty awesome. Nope. So here's a tip. For everybody, before we get north of the wall. Okay. And that tip is this. Never, ever, ever call Tormund's giant, Tormund Giant's Bane a cocksucker. Because if you do, this is what happens. Gather the elders. Oh my! Wow. Um, I've been saying holy shit. Rattleshire, aka Lord of Bones, uh, is fucking dead skis. Um, I just love this because he's like so pissed about Jon Snow, and like Tormund's <laughs> like, "That's my bro." Like, don't talk about my bro right. like that. Um, I love Tormund, Giant's Bane. I've been really excited he's for him so to be badass. a bigger character, and this was such a good episode for him. Would it made me like him even more? And I was also like, I had a list of the people I was a hundred percent certain would die and a hundred percent certain would live, and I was wrong in many of those cases because I was certain Tormund Giant's Bane was going to die. I thought he was dying at the Battle of the Wall so long ago. Oh no, well, so long yeah. ago. I was like, he's dead. That's going to be an epic fight between him and Jon Snow. I love him. And then Jon killed the big Then guy, but he didn't. So yeah, it's crazy to see. What an interesting arc, huh? He was a wildling. He was your enemy. Now he's with you. Now he's brokering a trace. Now he's your brother in arms. Like what a Tormund is such a fucking badass. Yeah, he is. I he's really such like a badass. him. I really like and him. He's gigantic. He's a huge man. Cool, man. He is I don't super know who cool. He is, but I Crazy like him. accent, man. He sounds like he's Swedish or German or something. If you listen carefully when he has a lot of words, like you can really hear a heavy accent on him. I love basically everything about him, and I've been a fan of him for a while now. I'm so excited to see him do more stuff, and I'm so glad he's not dead. The best part about him killing the Lord of Bones is the Lord of Bones has such a cool, like, rep. Like, you look at him, he, they call like him Rattleshirt because the noise it makes when he walks, and he's like, oh, I'm whatever. And he's like, oh, Jon Snow sucks your cock. And then, f- dead. Tormund's like, fuck you, dude. You're dead. I yeah. love it. He just smashes him. Like it was nothing. <laughs> the best part about him killing him, if you if you go back and you were listening to this episode and you listen to that clip, is he beats the shit out of him. And then we get this like shot of them far away. You can still hear him beating his ass in the background. And then we come back and he's still beating his ass. And I was yeah. like, uh, guess he just killed that guy. And all the other wildlings are like, mm, so what's let's up? Let's gather our elders. Yeah, let's, Sean's just our bro too. Let's get to chatting. <clears throat> so... Of course, things go a little tough. Things things aren't really going to go too easy. And um, 
Tormund has to uh, do some convincing when he says, hey, listen, because they start talking about maybe they should bring him in. Maybe they shouldn't. We've been mm-hmm. fighting you forever. You know, we've we, what, why are we going to do this now? We don't get it. Like, what are you trying to say? Yeah. And this is when Tormund says this. Hey, none of you soul mans die. I did. The southern king who broke our army, Stannis, wanted to burn him alive to send us a message. Jon Snow defied that Khan's orders. His arrow was mercy. What he did to courage. And that's what we need today. The courage to make peace with men we've been killing for generations. Ma'am. Oh, I thought you were going to play the part when um, Tormund says he's prettier than both of my daughters, but he knows how to fight. <laughs> I thought that really convinced me. Not it was lie. pretty much the best line of the show. Uh, yeah, it really was. It was adorable. They have a cute <laughs> little romance. But yeah, I appreciate that. Because they're like, hey, where's Mance? And then they're like, yeah, he's dead. John's like, yeah, I kind of killed him. It's like, oh, okay, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> so let's do a roll call. We got Tormund Giantsman here, Jon Snow, Edison, which is Jon Snow's guy. Yeah, love that guy. 1-1, one, one, W-U-N-W-U-N. My bro. The fucking giant. My fucking bro. Holy shit. Um, love that dude. Then we have the Then I don't know his name. Yes. What's the woman's name again? Hot Wilding Chick. Hot Wilding Chick. What's your name again? I have no idea. Wow. You do her <laughs> You do her wrong. You're Every like, note I like, have. I don't need to know her name for what I want to do with her. Every note I have is Hot Wilding Chick when I speak oh about Yeah. Well, hey, what are you going to do? I think she's like the prettiest person that's ever been yeah. on the show. Okay. There. Jesus Christ. Just being honest. Okay. It gets cold up there in the north. Might have to do a little snuggling. I just want to like... Let everybody know my predictions. I'm like, Edison, Tormund Giantsbane, definitely dead. Hot wildling chick, Jon Snow, definitely going to live. They're going to bang. Jon Snow's going to bang another wildling. It's going to be this hot chick. None of that happened. Well, I was wrong about 75% of that prediction. Well, if no, I had no, to keep her no or more. Tormund, I want to keep Tormund. But I for sure thought he was going to die in this episode because he had an epic kill everyone around him moment. But it was just the way they brought this chick in and thought she was hot. I was like, this girl's definitely like 100% going to be a main character on the show. I'm like, welcome to the folds. Yeah, welcome. it was cool. It was a cool fake out. I liked that a lot. It was very Whedon-esque. Joss Whedon loves to do shit like that. Like they kind of set her up. And yeah, blah, like blah. you think it's going to be like, it, it was just so like Joss Whedon does to me. Like that's yeah. how I felt. It was pretty cool for sure. So what happens here is that <sighs> Jon Snow, it gets a little ugly. And Jon Snow is like, look, I'm not asking you to forget you're dead. I lost my father, my uncle, and two brothers fighting the damn crows. I'm not asking you to forget you're dead. I'll never forget mine. I lost 50 brothers the night that Mance attacked the wall. But I'm asking you to think about your children now. They'll never have children of their own if we don't band together. The long night is coming, and the dead come with it. No clan can stop them. The free folk can't stop them. The Night's Watch can't stop them, and all the southern kings can't stop them. Only together, all of us. And even then, it may not be enough, but at least we'll give the fuckers a fight. Love it. At least we'll give the fuckers a fight. This is where he sells Hot Wildling Check, whose name I'm trying to find right now. Yeah. And this is cool because it's in this moment where the Then is still like, I don't want to. And then she's like, I fucking hate Thens, which is exactly what Tormund Giant Spade yes. said last season. Yes, I love it. Which is awesome. But we get this crazy death fog rolling in and Jesus Christ, it is terrifying. 
Uh, I'm trying to figure out what happened here because I'm not really sure. And there's something that's, first of all, one of the most awesome things about this final 30 minutes of this episode is this. Number one, we had, I had no idea. I don't want to speak for anybody. I had zero fucking idea that there was going to be a White Walker undead army attack. It came out of nowhere. So it, it was cool in that it lacked kind of like, there was no buildup, you know? Like, I had no idea this was coming. So that's what was so cool about the final 30 minutes of this episode. It was just a total surprise. I had no fucking clue what was going to happen, which was awesome. And I was like, holy shit, what's with the fog? The dogs get spooked. People start peeking out over that cliff. And then that fucking wintry fog rolls in and they start panicking. People start running and they start shutting the gates. Now, I'm confused here. What happens? Does Because one of the things I was saying was is that when the Then's looking through the gate, you don't really hear any battle. So Maybe there was like an avalanche. Is that what it was? I have no idea. It doesn't matter because it was badass. They shut the gates and they just start charging at the fucking gates. It's nuts. Yeah, as you knew bad shit. As soon as they were gonna getting ready to go and the dogs started barking, I'm like, something bad's gonna happen. And by the way, one of those dogs was super cute and reminded me of my dog, so thumbs up for that. Then, when you realize there was something coming, I was like, oh shit, like the wildlings who don't want to go with Jon Snow are gonna attack. That's what I thought was gonna happen. Really, honest to God. I never imagined it could be something as fucking crazy as it was. It was like watching a movie. It was like watching like 28 days later with like people like zombies running at you. It was like a bunch of people with rabies. It was fucking crazy. It was it was awesome. Yeah, I um there's so many moments in this in this fight that were really just out of control. I had no idea what I was in for. And there's so many moments. You know, I was reading this thing from the director uh, the director of this episode is Miguel Sapochnik, S-A-P-O-C-H-N-I-K. I think that's Sapochnik. And he was talking about uh, in an article how he wanted to, and it might have been either Entertainment Weekly or an MTV article, he was talking about how he wanted to make this whole battle like its own beginning, middle, and end, its own parts. Oh, it was. And he did sure. a great job on that. He... It was it was cool to watch him start this off with this fog rolls in. They start smashing at the gate. Everyone starts fighting. Everyone's like, okay, we're in. Whatever fucking differences we had, this is the common threat. This is the greater enemy. And to watch the army of the dead move, the way they, it's like 20 days later, the way they're clawing and punching and crawling under the fence and smashing through underneath the gates and really coming. It's just like, holy shit, man. They're totally relentless. And I was waiting so bad. I was like, please unleash that fucking giant. Holy shit. Does one one not disappoint in this episode? Yeah, he's my bro. Love that guy. That was bonkers. Not going to lie. He just kills him like nobody's business. Um, also, I wanted to ask you, because I've never seen it, but is it like World War Z, like the zombies and that? Yeah, like a fast kind of like, almost like an ants overwhelming, kind of like the speed. Like, like yeah, and I've never seen it. I've only seen previews, but it made me think of that too. And it, it made me think of obviously 28 Days Later or um, 
quarantine, you know, where they have like the rabies and stuff. Like it made me think of those type of things, like the fast moving, like kind of yes, dead, but yes, kind of not. Absolutely. I know like some of them, like they look like skeletons because I guess essentially the, the head honchos just basically raise the dead. So whatever dead were out there were probably dead for a long time. But then he raises the dead that are only newly dead. Yep, absolutely. And they're pretty fucking cool. They are super cool. And the other thing Miguel Sapochnik said was is that he's never read the books. Because this wasn't in the books. I read that. And he was just like, well, fuck it. I'm going to do this the way I'm going to do it in the way I think it's going to be awesome. And that's exactly what he did. He didn't have any kind of preconceived notions about, well, it's got to be this way. It's got to be that way. He just wanted them... He, he wanted to smash the whole zombie trope thing, too, of, like, the brainless, meandering, quiet. He wanted, like, madness. Like, the way you would expect, like, a relentless, undead, magical, call it what it is, type of attack. And it was so nuts. What's interesting to me is that this did not happen in the books. But we have to believe that this is something George R. R. Martin had planned, in a way, Right. We have to, they're, they're working with him to do this. Sure. So it's almost, I feel like it's like, you know, I always talk about the book readers. The book readers must be mad because like, they're just getting spoilers for their books now. I feel like, like, they're like, what the fuck? Now I know what's going to happen in the next book. Like, you know what I mean? It's, well, if it's you're just, a book reader and you're still going, it must be, do you know what I mean? You must be prepared for such a possibility. No, I know, but it's just so interesting because it never happens that way. That's all I'm saying. Is yeah, it? right. It's just I got the you. opposite. It's like the book readers are always like, yeah, I know what's going to happen next, whatever. And after the first time ever, it's like the TV show watchers are like, hey, I know what's going to happen next. And it's just interesting to me. It's fascinating to me that we're getting ahead of this book series, but we're still working with the author. So it's not like they're, it's in the right, um, what's that? word i want to use right now not sure oh it's canon yes that's what i wanted to say it's canon yeah it is cool it, you know it's fascinating to me it's, it, is, it never happens and it's, it's really really cool. you're right it never does happen it is kind of interesting to see and uh you know <laughs> according to uh the independent dot co dot uk it took about a month to film this scene and it was essentially they got one minute of footage 60 seconds per day I believe it. That's insanity. I believe it because it's so, every part of it is so intricate and there's so many people and and I have to give, like, forget the fighting, forget all that. The scenes of the people trying to get into the boats, it's like fucking Titanic. Like, you know what I mean? When the people are fighting for lifeboats and lifeboats are, you know, you know, you've seen Titanic people. Let's not deny it. And, you know, the lifeboats are going off half full. And people are like, no. And they're like throwing their kids on <laughs> and then running back to save more fucking people. Right, right. They're diving into the icy right. fucking waters because they don't right. want to go down in the boat. It, it reminded me so much of the end of like Titanic, like the movie. I don't know. It was like inc- just watching the people just like jump into the water it's and like trying chaos. to pull onto boats and people pushing them away. And, and obviously, I'm sure it reminded everybody of Titanic, but it was just so, I don't know. It was like, incredible. there are moments during the battle where you see where these things are attacking. And it looks like he's like, let's put this camera on the ground to the right of like an overturned cartwheel and look through the spokes up at this two second clip of one of the white walkers just hacking away and so whack, whack. Like just to get that second alone, he had to, mm-hmm. to set the camera up. Some of the shots, like I'm like, did he have he, like that split second of footage they use? And I know they probably edited it a lot down to that, but crazy to think about all the different cool angles in, in the madness that it was. There's that moment where 
John is like the dragon glass and he just starts to run and the fucking camera tracks him running across the battle. Dean's other favorite thing Holy as opposed shit. to people being taller and being shorter. So cool. He just tracks him all the way down and we can see the battle raging on around him as he sprints for the dragon glass. But the moment of quiet when you see the whites Mm-hmm. Up on the fucking stone, just fucking four horsemen chilling. of the apocalypse, just chilling on top of the mountain, just chilling. That was the most haunting thing in the show yet. Yeah, that's terrifying. That scares me. It's the most haunting thing in the show yet. I don't know. The dead children are pretty bad too. No, those guys just sitting up there, zero fucks. They're like, we don't care. We're just watching. No Can't emotion wait to raise about your it. Dead. That's yeah. what's so cool about it. Like, that's what's so scary about fighting the undead is they're so implacable there's no emotion behind it there's no remorse it's total relentless attack 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 until they're completely destroyed yeah you know it's not like people you know you can scare a person you can break a person they can run away they can it's never going to happen with the white walkers and it's funny because for five seasons they've been telling us that these things are terrifying and scary winter is coming all the way back when Ned Stark said it. Yeah, and we're we've always seen like, the undead army okay. before, and they're pretty creepy. Okay. We saw him kill fucking What's-His-Face last yep, season. But we've never seen them in action. We've just seen them kind of marching. No, we saw them... No, oh, the, the White Walkers, like the creepy ones. Right. I mean, the undead army people we've seen yeah. before, because we saw them with... Um, I think what's that the leaders are called stand? Whites, but I could be wrong. W-I-G-H-T-S. What's the name of that kid I didn't like? I don't remember. Last season, who was with Bran... Yeah, sister. Oh, Jojen Green. Yeah, Jojen Green. Sorry, Jojen. I know you're dead. I feel bad. Yeah, I'm we saw about a you. brief little but we small saw them melee. there, right? right. Yep. Um, that, they were definitely the same. Right. That same ferocity. But and, you know these creepy dudes. We saw them in that one episode before where they turned the baby or whatever near Craster's Keep. Remember? Yes. And, same one, I think. Yeah, one of them is same as one of them. Yep. And that was really cool when it happened, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like these guys are really. But man, in this episode, you really, because you don't see him, how powerful they are when he's just like touching a baby and turning right. it into fucking a freezing cold thing or whatever. Right. But this that we see, I mean, is incredible. It's incredible. It reminds me of when I watched Fellowship of the Ring and I was like, I wonder how they're going to do the ring wraiths. And when I saw the ring wraiths and those black fucking cowls and the screeching noises and their horses, the red eyes, and I was like, holy shit, they inspire fear. And that's exactly what these whites do is they scare the shit out of you to where people see them and they're like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Run away terribly fast because we don't stand a chance. It's it's unbelievable. The fight that John has, that moment where the thing is after him and it whacks him down and then it jumps off the second floor, boom, down onto the thing. The moments where it's fighting with John and it just tosses his ass and he goes tumbling. You see how strong they are physically? But everybody with the Then, with with everything. And and I do have to point out that yeah, I, I do thin. appreciate the Then being such a fucking asshole. And then at this point, he's working with Jon Snow. Of and course. this is what Jon wanted. Right. He's like, you don't understand. When they come, we need to work together. And he's like, what the fuck? I don't care. But then when they come, he's like, yeah, just kidding. We need to work together. Yeah. Proving Jon's point. You know, and that's another thing that that, that I've felt this whole time is, is that even I've almost adopted that feeling a little bit, not the Then not liking anyone, but the Then being like, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. We'll see when they get here. Holy shit. They got here in a big way. Yeah. For real. And it was a wake up call to everybody watching the show to really understand the importance of the wall, why there's a fucking giant wall, why it's mandatory that they fill it with people to guard from these fucking things. 
why it all exists. It ain't just the wildlings. It's these fucking white walkers that live beyond way up there that when they come, Jesus Christ, you better have said your prayers and eaten your vitamins, brother. Yeah. Because Just like John says, even if we're all together, we might not beat them. That's right. And as you were describing, like when he's fighting this white or whatever, and the guy's just basically like laying waste to John Snow. Easily. Like John tries to kill him, it shatters at every weapon immediately. And when he knocks John down and like, you know, they change like um, the sound that you're hearing, yes. like you're hearing it from John Ooh. and you realize how seriously injured he is. And this is the point where like, I'm legitimately scared. And I was watching with you. We were watching with a couple of friends and I started to like go into this thing. Where, like, how am I going to react if John Snow dies? I started thinking about it because I'm like, why did I have to say he was never going to die? Because he's going to die here. And at this point you said you had heard a spoiler and our friend that we were with, Mike, is like, yeah, me too. And then the other girl we were with was like, yeah, he told me too. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm the only person who doesn't know this spoiler. And then I was like, oh, my God, everybody knows Jon Snow's going to die. Just like everybody knew Oberyn was going to die. And nobody told me I'm going to be the only one surprised. <laughs> so I was really fucking scared. Like awesome. a year later, a year after the last time I was devastated, I was really scared. I'm not going to lie. I really thought I might lose Jon Snow here. I did. I I wasn't sure. I don't know. I don't know anything. Uh, the spoiler was the Valerian steel works like dragon glass, by the way. Okay. Right. Cause you said you had heard that. Yeah. And then you were like, yeah, that's the thing I heard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, did, I had thing heard that. that. They had heard. Yeah. And but I didn't, but I thought what the they had white heard was that he was dead. The, the scariest thing about the fucking white that he's fighting is the way it dodges. It's so big, but super fast. It's like just moving out of the yeah. fucking way. I was like, is he going to hit this thing or what? But um, yeah, it was nuts, man. You got the Then getting killed really quick. It doesn't stand a chance against mm-hmm. this guy. And you have this moment where you're like, oh no, bad shit's starting to happen. We lose the wilding girl who's... Her and Tormund at the gate is the most badass shit, man. They're kicking so much ass. She's They're fighting convincingly. Tormund is just tearing people apart. Yelling at them, like growling at them as they get close. And yeah. then she gets that and with her. It was, it was like kids. she saw those children and, and she didn't even try to fight. She literally put her hands up to like shield herself. Right. Like she wasn't going to fight them. She couldn't. She was a mother. You saw her two kids on the thing. So, so much for her being a new main character, banging Jon Snow and me having a crush on her because she's gone now. Yeah. She was overwhelmed by the, the emotional emotion weight. Of and that. again, she did a great job of making that clear. Like, sure. She was sad. She was scared and she was sad. And, and it was almost like she gave up. Like she was like, I can't do this. Right. Like this is like, and how, when you're in that situation, that dire and you've got dead zombie children coming at you, you just put your kids on a boat. You don't even know what the fuck is going to happen to them. I mean, crazy, it's crazy. Sad. shit. Wow. Intense, man. The fact that Tormund gets out of there was so helpful. So it made me so happy. I like when that guy Edison got out. I don't even know how he did. I don't know what he fucking did. He lived. I thought. Helped John, by the way. Because John was all fucked up after fighting yeah. that guy. He's like, oh, let's get on a boat, dude. And then it, all our guys get on a boat together. And the giant just fucking walks past him like, hey, guys, see you at the wall. <laughs> but let us talk about John's killing blow. Oh, yes. Badass, right? He kills the white with a little. Whoosh. So now every time like Sam's like, yeah, I killed one of those guys once. John's going to be like, yeah, Sam, so did I. And Sam's going to be like, yeah. like Sam the Slayer no more. Sorry, right. Sam. You're right. one thing of glory. At least you bang Gilly because you don't <laughs> got the being the Slayer anymore, dude. <laughs> nope. He's running out of uh, awesome shit. He can read books for Stannis, I guess. And the best part is when they're taking 17,000 years to row their boat, which was super annoying. 
the guy just fucking raises his arms like Shit. so slow, just staring right at John. Wait, we need to do something. We need to credit one one with stomping one of the fucking undead soldiers. He stomped a bunch of them. It was so badass. Stomp dead. And when they're running to the boat behind them, you see what's his name running behind people. them yeah. with his Protecting huge them. giant flaming stick that he's just swinging around. God, I just like when they badass. climb up him and he just picks him off like it's a fucking tick and like throws yeah. it. So, like, so cool. Shit. But it, I love when he just walks right by their boat. Like he doesn't even help them. He's not even like, here, I'll push you. He's like, fucking bye. Yeah. Like, see you when we get there. Gotta yeah. go. It's amazing. Crazy. It was crazy to watch the chaos that ensued as a result of the battle itself, but how the wildlings were still so good about standing their ground. They were still fighting when John was leaving. Amidst the, 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 the terror of it all. Do you know what I'm saying? They it fought till awesome. the very end. The they people did. who were still they there did. too. And um, backs against the water. They were all back again as undead. So good for them, I guess. That arm raising shit, the way he walks out there, by the way, we didn't even talk about the undead army waterfall. They just jump off the cliff. That's what made me think of World War Z. Holy shit. Because like, don't they do stuff like that in that yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. But yeah, so cool. And then the slow arm race, you know. Dead coming back to life. It's like, thanks, bro. Sorry. Yeah, glad I killed all your people. Now they're in my army. Ha ha. Holy shit. Was that something else? That was like watching a movie. It was a reminder as to, it made me think, what are they going to do? Like, what's going to happen North when they start to get close to the wall and they start to get close to Winterfell? We'll probably be super disappointed like last season. People will be mad and they'll be like, episode eight's the best episode now. Damn. Just kidding. The yes. whole time, do you know what I was thinking of? I was uh, thinking what? of how sweet would it have been with all those dudes standing there if those three dragons just landed and just torched. Too cold there for them. It just started opening up flames on those fucking undead warriors and just torching, torching them. Think they could kick some ass? Just hover there. They, they're like ugh. lizards. They need heating rocks. Where's true. their heating they're rock? They're mythical beasts, like lizards. They need heating rocks. Oh, fuck out of here, like lizards. Saying so, boy, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing they got the fuck out of there when they did. But the cool thing about this battle is it's kind of a massacre. I mean, it's not even a contest. Oh, for sure. And the emotional shots. The, um, the, the Tormund was crying. I know. It made me want to hug him and pat his red head and I don't want to tell my I love Tormund him. and John very upset and the white is just like defiantly raising that new army that they just donated to him. They're like, see, see you in Winterfell. Bye. <laughs> right? Crazy shit. Stannis thinks his only problem is Bruce Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stannis. How silly of you. I wonder if those people would actually make Melisandre afraid. She ain't afraid of nothing, that crazy bitch. Stannis believes in the White Walkers coming. He knows winter is coming. Yeah, he's no dummy. Wow. All right, let's get to our listener thoughts, shall we? Yes. Let me start with Jamie Lomas. Jamie says, thoughts. One, Ramsey's taking 20 good men against Stannis. I hope this doesn't lead to his death. He deserves a bitch death for all he's done. He doesn't need to get to die in battle. Crazy badger. Two, regarding none who keeps smacking Cersei with a spoon, I know Cersei's getting everything she deserves and she's such a scheming little bitch, but I kind of can't wait to see the smug look on the nun's face melt away when Cersei kills her because you know she will. Three, Ollie's anger and calculating facial expression is worrying me. He's beginning to look like the potential assassin to Jon Snow. That's what I said. I hope the show doesn't go there and the, with the whole trust determined who kill, mercy kills a level lord thing. 
Uh, the wilding woman who joins Snowman Tormund is a stupid bitch. <gasps> wow. Oh my That's God. That's harsh. How dare you? He continues you take out a bunch of White Walkers as if you were a Trinity from the Matrix, and then a few sniveling dead kids pull on your heartstrings, and your mother lane sinks so much that you don't even fight when they leap on you. I'm missing something. Fucking women. Am They're I, so sensitive about children. Am I missing something? He says, uh, yeah, probably the motherly instincts part because I'm guessing that has something to do with why she froze. Fucking women always thinking with their motherly instincts. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> he continues with saying, were those kids her son and daughter? See, I briefly thought that for a split I second. I briefly thought it was her daughter, but it wasn't. And then he says, I don't think so because they look skeletal like they've been dead for a long time. Um, did you guys expect to see Benjamin Stark among the dead commanders up on the ridge? I sure I've as hell did. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. I've heard people saying they thought they were going to see him. The last scene with no music, only wind and the silent dead. The look on the dead commander's face, like, even if you win, you don't really win. You can't stop us. Wow. You pretty much covered. Do you want to talk about what you, why you, you I mean, we kind of covered why we think she was just overwhelmed emotionally at the, at the battle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hopeless situation she found herself in, and the kids were the were the tipping point for her. I just loved her, <laughs> and I'm sad that she's dead. Easy there, Jora. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, Jessica. I'm like, wow, it's a lot I of a shrine. I'm like, you drew a lot of her name. Got a lot of drawing angles on her here. Why did you draw her so many times? I thought she would like it. <laughs> I don't even know her name. Oh my god! And I tried to look it up, by the way, and I can't even find it. So her name is perfection. Her yeah, name that's true. Is beauty. Who do you got? I've had and tell oh, it. Oh, thanks, Jamie, for the comment, by the way. But I think, um, I think in regards to the the wilding woman, I think it was just a middle of battle and emotionally intense thing. You're fighting dead people. You're fighting the undead, and next thing you know, there's children. We, they've established her her maternal instincts. She's got ovaries, so, you know, got, she just yeah. fucking sucks. <laughs> Go JK. Ahead. Go ahead. Adam Talbot says, undead kids are always creepy shit. Maybe that's why she was creeped out. Loved every bit of this episode. Yeah, me too. By the way, you kind of editorialized that. Can you tell me what Adam actually said? That's, oh, undead kids are always creepy shit. Loved every bit of this episode. Oh, okay. That's what he said. Gotcha. I editorialized anything. I just added my comment in the middle. Pretty sure that's the definition. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it's getting to be my pet time. Uh, Jesse and Michelle Purvey, given their resurrection tactic, uh, say you will need more than dragons and an intelligent dwarf. Jon Snow is right. All the people need to band together, and even that might not be enough. Yes, it might not be enough. And not to be a cunty uh, nitpicker, but not really resurrecting them, more like animating the dead. They're not really coming back to life. They're just kind of the well, moving dead. asshole you are. Yeah. Just want to, you know, just want to make sure people get their undead terminology right because I'm an yeah, undead how snob. How dare you? Yeah. Dean knows all about the They're undead. White. He raises them all the fucking time. Okay? <laughs> Listen, when I'm doing my uh, pet cemetery, oh boy. Uh, Mark's to panic. Oh, I'm sorry. Your turn. Go. Jonathan Margin says, Marginson says, come at me, crow. Because <laughs> of the picture I put on Facebook, it was really funny. All right. <laughs> it's such a perfect thing to say. Mark's to panic. I'll have to rewatch the part where Johnson and the White Walker were dueling. I, th- I, th- oh, I'm sorry. With the White Walker were dueling, they were both surprised when Jon Snow's blade stopped the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. Great episode. Yeah, I didn't. We didn't talk about that. He was surprised, wasn't he? That little undead creature. So, yeah, the White Walker dude was definitely surprised. He's like, "Well, what's going on?" Yeah. Uh, Christian Cortez and uh, says, "My favorite part of the app was when Tyrion and Daenerys finally teamed up." 
Seeing how she was handling the combo made me fall in love with her again. Now I see the potential for her to use another set of skills. With Tyrion's guidance, she can learn to be a scheming politician while still having her ruthless, savage background. She's going to be the total package now. And then he also says, I know people will love the end battle, but the walkers are just acting like regular old zombies now. I don't know. What do you guys think? Are zombies just too trendy? I think we covered that. I think the fucking things were amazing. I think they like make the walking dead like a snooze fest. (laughs) Not going to (laughs) lie. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Matthew Anderson, the Walking Dead podcast. Yeah, I think the I think you gotta I think there's a bunch different thing than like a horror type of zombie and a fantasy type of zombie. The the fantasy undead army is so much more menacing thing. I think more of it in a Lord of the Rings context than I do in like a Walking Dead context. <laughs> the way they are, the way they're kind of mystical, the way they raise the dead, the way they do cool shit like that. Um and this was timed so well. I mean, five seasons in, we finally get this, and it wasn't like we had this big you know, it's not like they chased away all the fucking viewers by dropping all the magic and shit on people early. They kind of spl- they kind of shrink, you know, drizzled it throughout the seasons. Pulled every single person who was watching this episode. I'm sure that 99% of them would never in a million years have guessed that it was going to end with a battle between them and the White Walkers. No way. Who thought that was coming anytime that's soon? That's what was so I cool about didn't. it. Yes, that's why it was so unexpected that I kept saying like, no, it's something else. It's something no else. No build up. We've been building like, up shit. the Stannis thing. We've been building up. Zero build up for this. That's what was so surprising. For, for the White Walkers, it. yeah. Right. You're thinking there's going to be a battle. Like I said, I thought the Thens were going to be like, oh, let's fucking eat some people. <laughs> oh no, you're about to be in by a zombie. Yep, yep, yep. My turn? Yeah. Tori Hunter, hope Tyrion doesn't meet the harpy hooker. <laughs> Enjoyed watching Tormund wallop Rattleshirt. So did I. Hey, look, Jon Snow may have a new wiling love interest. Oops, never mind. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> one one the giant is not to be fucked with. The wall needs a Kickstarter to purchase Valerian steel. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Hey, uh, everybody. My name is uh, Jon Snow, and if you donate to my cause. <laughs> Will somebody please make this a YouTube video. Like, Somebody get on all these YouTube videos I, I want people to make. For Christ's sake, Ridiculous. the Jon Snow Kickstarter video for the Valerian Steel Project. Come on. It would be awesome. Let's do it, people. Somebody put on a black <laughs> curly wig. He's wearing like wig. a shitty t-shirt and like a, he's got a black curly wig on. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, Carlos Freitas, is yep. that how you say it? I believe so. What's going on north of the wall makes all the controversy in King's Landing seem trivial. Oh, yeah? The Queen Mother got locked up too? I just saw an army of snow zombies throw <laughs> themselves off a cliff and then massacre some wildlings. See? Uh, he continues to say, <laughs> so the White Walkers kryptonite is all things Valerian. It's going to be White Walkers versus dragons, y'all. Suddenly, Brienne's sword is even more valuable than we thought, which, by the way, I didn't even think about Brienne. Yep. So. Um, did anyone else see the band Mastodon among the wildlings, which is how Alistair Thorne says it? Um, and I did not see that, <laughs> but I read that. amazing. Yeah, I read that they were. It, Are you shooting me? Yeah, yeah. They were in the wildling like extras. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I read that. I did read that. Oh, that's so, that so is cool. The Mastodon my friend, was among my the friend Christian introduced me to Mastodon. Not your friend Carlos Freitas because no. he likes to do apparently. P.S. Carlos is one of the hosts of the Hey Do You Remember podcast. Thank you very much, Love Carlos. Love that podcast. Uh, Lou Rafael Harbinson. So, have been complaining about lack much of anything this season. And wow, I'm going to say it. This episode has blown the books out of the water. Ooh. Damn, is he a book reader? Love those books. Obviously. Readers. <laughs> Obviously, unless he's full of shit. Maybe he's just gonna, making shit up. I don't take, know. I'm going to take Big Lou's word for it here. Thanks, Big, <laughs> Big Lou. Big Lou. I just like that. Love that guy. I hope he's not like 
severely overweight and like awful. has like a complex and we're calling Lou's my new favorite. Lou, you're my favorite. You don't know where I've been, Lou. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking fight club. All right. Who do you got? Thank you, Big Lou. Thanks, Big Lou. You're the best. Um, Christina Brown. It was stunning. I can't describe it. I think she's from the South. Can you do a Southern accent? No. Okay. My eyeballs were glued to the screen. My mouth dropped. I was in awe. When people say they're on the edge of their seat, this is what they're talking about. It was magnificent. It was truly magnificent. Absolutely. Nate Holt. Nate Holt. How you been, brother? Like, you should say it like Steve Holt, like, you know, like Arrested Development. My main man from the Midwest. Nate Holt. Nate Holt. I sat in stunned silence as I watched the last 20 super mega epic minutes of the show. Probably the best action sequence ever produced, ever produced for television. So Valerian Steel will kill these fuckers. I also loved watching Danny soak up Tyrion's worldly knowledge. It's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. She seemed desperate for some good counseling and Tyrion seemed equally mm-hmm. desperate to give it. See, we didn't even talk about that. That's a great catch by him. Tyrion's need to feel useful, right? Yes. That's a very yes. good catch by you, Nate. Absolutely. Because that's something that's been plaguing him the whole episode. So mm-hmm. full points to Nate for pointing that out. Um, great chemistry between them and can't wait to see more. Me neither. And we are in for, and we... Are we in store for another epic battle next week in the North? Gosh, I can only dream. Sounds like it. Yeah, awesome. Great job, guys. Anyone else for you? That's it. Well, thank you so much, guys. Your comments were amazing. Stunning, I would call them. Special thanks to uh, all of you. Big Lou, welcome to the fold. (laughs) And uh, I think that's all we got going. Let's get to our final thoughts. Give me your final thoughts here. Best episode of the season, definitely, 100%. Best episode of the season, definitely, 100%. I concur. The eyes have it. It is written in the books forever. I don't think next week's going to be a disappointment, though. I think next week's going to be a great episode, too. I think we're in store for two more great episodes. Somebody's dying next week. That will be... Definitely. That will be Someone will die. Yeah, for sure. And then we're going to stick to the thing. In the even seasons, a, a main character dies in episode nine. And knowing the odd seasons, mm. a major character dies in episode nine. And in the even seasons, there's a major battle in episode nine. Mm. That's, the, that's the way it goes. If we're following mathematics. The last 20 minutes of this die, episode is the most amazing shit I've ever seen on television. And it's probably one of my favorite battle scenes I've ever watched in film, uh, hands down. It was so well done. The stakes were so high. It was emotional. It was it was kind of like watching a massacre and kind of really starting to understand the necessity of banning together. Yes. And we finally get to see why it's so important, why it's so important that they band together to fight these fucking guys because mm-hmm. nobody stands a goddamn chance against them. They will run roughshod over, over all of them, over the mountain, well, maybe not Franken Mountain, over all Frank of these fucking people. Them. He'll be like, what's up, undead? You know what I mean? It doesn't, Braun, you're dead. Jamie, you're dead. All the best fighters are dead. Sir Loras, you're dead. You can't, you can't fight them. There's too many. They're overwhelmingly powerful. But we need to start figuring out how do we get this uh, villain, like you said, <laughs> the Kickstarter, right? We need yeah. the Kickstarter for Valerian, Valerian Steel. Steel. Kickstarter. Somebody make me that video. So yeah, I guess we'll find out what happens next week. Until then, we bid you adieu, and we will catch you guys on the flip side. Bye, guys. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out LSG Media's coverage of A Game of Thrones. Make sure you check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net, where you can see other shows we have like The Walking Dead and the Science Fiction Film Podcast. All right, folks, we will catch you next week. Have a good one.